This is Law for Community Workers on the Go, a podcast for community and health workers. In this episode, you will hear all about the WDO, or Work and Development Order Team, what they do, who they help, and how community workers can refer clients to this service. Kerry from the Community Legal Education Team interviewed lots of people involved in this program across different areas of New South Wales. And so before we begin, we would like to acknowledge the traditional custodians of the lands we recorded on and pay our respects to Elders past and present, and also extend that respect to any Indigenous people who may be listening. Today we'll be talking about the Work and Development Order or WDO program and the people who are involved on the ground every day. Everybody gets fines, but fines impact differently on people, especially if you are vulnerable or isolated. A fine can be an inconvenience and if you can't pay it all up front, you can organise a payment plan with Revenue New South Wales. But what if you can't pay your fines at all and you keep getting fines? until they become a huge burden. And then you have your driver license and car registration suspended. How do you get to work, take the kids to school or go to those medical appointments? This is the reality of many people in New South Wales. Luckily there's light at the end of the tunnel. The Work and Development Order Program or WDOs. Every day of every week there are people working across New South Wales helping people who can't pay their fines to participate in activities that help reduce their fines debt. Activities that are meaningful and therapeutic. It's a win-win. In this episode, we talk to these workers and hear how WDOs are changing lives. Linda Mines heads up the WDO service team at Legal Aid New South Wales. There are six teams working across the state with 12 staff. Linda has worked with the WDO service since it began and established the Wollongong team that covers the southern part of New South Wales. Welcome Linda. Thanks Kerry. So I hear congratulations are in order. Tell us about the recent award that the WDO program won and what it was for. So we won a Premier's Award in the category of uh, tackling long-standing social challenges this year. So yeah, we're pretty excited to get the award because it really recognises the partnership of the program because it is a partnership between Legal Aid, Revenue New South Wales and the Department of Communities and Justice. And I think the the award really recognises... Um, the successful collaboration of that partnership, um, working between those agencies and also connecting with the thousands of sponsors that we have across New South Wales who have participated in the program to help people clear their fines debt. So yeah, we're pretty excited. We're going to have a party next week. Congratulations again. How long has the program been going now? So it started in 2009 as a pilot um, and was a, it was tested for two years until 2011. So I guess it's about 10 years that it's been going. Uh, in 2011, it was, uh, it was evaluated and found to be really successful. You love statistics. I know you do, Linda, having worked with you for many years. So tell us what are the stats at the moment with the WDO program? So I don't know if you know, Kerry, but there's actually about $800 million worth of fines debt 
outstanding that people can't pay across New, New South Wales. Uh, people are always really amazed to hear this figure because um, I think it's not something that we report very much. Uh, but with the WDO program, we've actually cleared $185 million in fine stats since the program started, uh, and we've done about 145 million WDOs for about 77,000 people. So it's had a pretty big impact on just helping to remove the fine step for a lot of really vulnerable people who just for a whole range of reasons get fines that they can't afford to pay. So when you were talking earlier about the people that have made the program a success, you mentioned the sponsors. Who are the sponsors? The way it works, people can link in with a whole range of sponsors to do different activities to clear their fines. So the sponsors include uh, a lot of not-for-profit organisations like community centres or um, charities like Salvation Army, Mission Australia. Uh, also health practitioners, so psychologists, doctors, people who are working with people with mental illnesses or drug and alcohol addiction, government organisations, so a lot of like TAFE New South Wales, a lot of people don't know you can go and do a course at TAFE if you're eligible to clear your fines, um, and other big health organisations like mental health services, drug and alcohol services, so yeah a lot of these these organisations have become sponsors so people can go and do the activity with them and clear their fine by up to $1,000 a month. So it's a pretty generous program. It means that people really can just get rid of those fines that in many cases have just had hanging over their heads for years, you know, like, um, and just have never been able to deal with them. So just doing these like programs and activities, things that are really going to help them to improve their health or their, the way that they connect in society and they clear their fines at the same time. So you've uh, obviously worked for the WDO service for many years. Is there, can you tell us just one story about a client where you've seen the impact of doing a WDO on their lives? The problem with fines, they're kind of a strict liability and it's the same fine across the board for whoever gets it. So one client that I can think of, an Aboriginal man who lives um, yeah, down in the Illawarra, he's got six kids. He got just... When I asked him about the fines that he got, you know, things like he was walking home, he helped his friend renovating his house and he was walking back to his place. He'd had a few drinks, so he didn't want to drive. So he was walking, he had his Stanley knife in his pocket and the police pulled him over and asked him, thought he was suspicious because he was walking at night and because he had a knife on him, that was a um, $400 fine, I think. And then he got some more fines. He was a truck driver, so he got a few speeding fines. He... Um, got a few other fines he didn't he didn't pay them he didn't deal with them which we find a lot of our clients do it's kind of you know when you get these massive fines it just kind of goes in the too hard basket but then he got a license restriction because he didn't pay the fines so because he was a truck driver he then was pulled over by the police because he was driving unlicensed uh, then he got a court disqualified well he got a drive while suspended then he got a court disqualification he ended up losing his job he yeah, got then a few more disqualifications. He ended up actually going to jail like for 30 days, I think. Um, and really, he's not a person that had committed any serious crimes, like no driving offences, but he ended up going to jail really because he just didn't deal with his fines in the first place. So that man, we linked him in with a psychologist, kept seeing him for a year, like, and that involved doing um, homework and, you know, really trying to work on his kind of 
mental health issues. He had quite serious depression and anxiety by then. Um, so he was able to clear his fines. So I think he had about $12,000 worth of fines at that time. We actually could link him in. I don't know if you know, there's these driver reforms. Changes came through at this time as well, because by that stage, he actually couldn't drive. He was um, like had a habitual traffic offender declaration. So that was lifted as well. So now that client, um, he's gotten rid of all his fines. He's actually able to drive again for the first time in about five years. So, you know, it's just, it's a great program that just has lots of good news stories um, for people that really had no, no, no light at the end of the tunnel previously. Fantastic, thank you. Linda, I've heard community workers say that fines have a purpose and if we let people off their fines, they're never gonna change their behavior. So what do you say to that? Okay, so fines, you know, I think there is a sort of, there is uh, a punitive aspect to fines, definitely, and there's a purpose to issuing fines. It's kind of an easy way to let everyone know that what the laws are and that if they break a law that there's a consequence. Um, and I think that works well for a lot of people in society, especially people who have a job and can actually ultimately afford to pay a fine. But I think when, when fines are issued to people who really just cannot afford to pay them, they're on a Centrelink benefit. In many cases, um, you know, a lot of our clients have got mental health issues or drug and alcohol issues, which may stem from earlier trauma. You know, a lot of the people that we're talking about, they're quite traumatised people. They, they don't, um, you know, if you keep fining them, you just issue fines for, uh, for things that are usually a consequence of of their condition you know like so you have a person that uh, is homeless and they're living on the train they're basically living on the train because it's a safe place for them to sleep and you keep issuing the, issuing a fine to them every day because they're sleeping on the train you know that's not going to change that person's behavior it's it becomes quite meaningless I don't think fines necessarily change behavior um, I think the WDOs that we've seen it often leads to behaviour change because it's a compassionate response. You know, you, you, you help, you're giving people help that they actually need. So you're linking them into this whole network of services. So you're encouraging people to, to take up those services, which they might not have done. So it's a bit of an incentive, you know, to get them to go and approach those services and then to be able to clear their fines. So through that engagement, maybe that's leading more to behaviour change than, um, issuing a, a fine that's just, um, you know, impossible for a person to pay. Revenue New South Wales is the other main partner in the success of the WDO program. I'm talking with Rachel Woolsey on the phone as she's based in Lithgow in the Blue Mountains west of Sydney. Rachel works with the Hardship Team. Welcome, Rachel. Thank you. So, Rachel, can you tell me about your role with Revenue New South Wales? Okay, so my role is um, I'm an assistant coordinator in the debt resolution team. What debts are you trying to resolve? Our role of the New South Wales Work and Development Order Hotline team is to be able to assist customers, sponsors and advocates whom they have a mental illness, 
they have an intellectual disability or cognitive impairment, um, they have a serious addiction to drugs, alcohol or volatile substances, are homeless or are experiencing acute economic hardship. So to apply for a work and development order, um, a customer needs to find an approved sponsor organisation or health practitioner to support the work and development order activity. We also advise customers of activities they can do, which is unpaid voluntary work, um, education, training or life skill courses, uh, counselling, including case management. We also have financial counselling, medical mental health treatment programs and drug and alcohol programs and also mentoring programs for under 25 year olds. We advise customers that it is up to the Work and Development Order sponsor on what activities they offer. So it sounds like, Rachel, what happens is people will have a fine that they can't pay and they'll call your team. Or yes. They'll call a phone number and it'll end up with your team and your team will talk yes. to them about options. Um, yes. And if your team works out that they're vulnerable or fit the criteria for a Work and Development Order, that you'll talk to them about that option yes and so you put people in touch with their local work and development order sponsor yes absolutely um, okay yeah we give them details where they can contact a sponsor and then they go through and set up the work and development order with their sponsor so when your team talks to someone about the fact that they can do a work and development order as a way to pay off their fines what do people generally say to you? Most of the time, the customers will be like, are you for real? Um, I guess they feel also a sense of relief. Um, some will feel over the moon that we have this option available. Yeah, it's all very positive feedback. Do you have any uh, stories that you could share with us about people that you know have paid off their fines through doing a work and development order? Yeah, I certainly do. Um, I had a customer who was very irate, quite abusive and didn't want to speak to the support officer on the phone. They requested to be transferred to a manager right away. So I took over the call. They felt that everything in their life was getting on top of them and that they were drowning in their debt and they had no room to move. So I spent quite some time with this customer. This customer was, was vulnerable and living out of their car. They didn't have a job and they were trying to sort out Centrelink, but it all just seemed too hard for them. I explained everything to them in plain, simple English that they could understand and the customer started crying. Um, because I gave them the options available to them and I guess they thought, are you for real? Like, are these options really available to me? So I, I didn't rush the customer. So the customer was set up on a work and development order with their sponsor and completed all of their hours on a drug and alcohol program. After the work and development order was complete, the customer was so thankful. The customer had turned his life around from hitting rock bottom to having his debts cleared and he was on the road to recovery. And what are the other benefits that come with people signing up for a work and development order? I understand the RMS restrictions are lifted, is that right? 
Yes, yeah, so once they, um, they're they in touch with their sponsor um, and they submit all the details on the portal, um, their restrictions will be lifted. to our caseworkers, um, sponsors, anyone that has a question, please call us. Anything, anything about the work and development order that you need to know, we're very, very helpful. We can help you set it up. So nothing's too hard for our organisation that we can't help with. Jenny Henstock works in the Lismore Legal Aid Office. Jenny is going to tell us about her WDO role and their work in the Northern Rivers region. We work with sponsor organisations and community organisations supporting the WDO program in the Northern region. And a lot of the work that we do is uh, trying to grow the sponsor base, supporting sponsors and vulnerable clients, linking in with the work and development order program in those areas. And we do a fair bit of community legal education so that we can get the word out about the Work and Development Order Program to as many people in that region as possible. Great. Thanks, Jenny. So are fines a problem in the northern region of New South Wales? Well, I think they're a huge problem in the um, northern uh, rivers area. Um, and in fact, in all of our areas, um, all of our region basically is made up with a lot of um, regional and remote areas. Um, in the Lismore area, the 2480 postcode area alone, there's $4 million worth of fines debt owed by individuals living in that postcode area alone. Um, what we see also is a lot of clients coming to us for assistance when they have had you know, money taken from their bank accounts or they've had their licence suspended uh, for unpaid fines debt. Um, and that's really um, disproportionately um, a disproportionate penalty for those people in these regional areas because, um, you know, unlike in Sydney where you have a great range of public transport, um, in a lot of these regional and remote areas, um, there's no public transport at all. So what we see is that people are forced to drive um, while not holding a valid licence and then they're getting further fines, longer traffic records and getting more and more serious penalties. Um, and in a lot of our communities, you know, there is no option for these community members um, but to drive because they need to get their food, they need to get to medical appointments and they need to get their children to school. So, um, yeah, having a, a licence suspension in a regional or remote area is a really, really serious thing. Just thinking about being up here in the northern area of the state, you must come across people who've got fines in Queensland, from Queensland as well. Are you able to help them? Yes, yeah, so look, we're very close to Tweed Heads, um, which is right on the border of um, Queensland and New South Wales. Um, and a lot of people in that area um, will have fines from both Queensland and New South Wales, and sometimes payment plans set up to be paying both of their fines um, to the different agencies. So that can be a real financial difficulty for those clients. Um, the fines legislation is state-based. Um, so if it's a New South Wales fine, we can assist people um, with linking in with a WDO sponsor, even if they're living in Queensland. Uh, but if it's a Queensland fine, um, really um, 
there are some options for people with Queensland fines, but they're a lot more limited in New South Wales. So um, we can assist them linking in with information about those um, options. But yes, yeah, certainly anyone with a New South Wales fine is um, has a lot more options available to them for dealing with that fine. So can you tell us a story about one community that you've targeted and and really focused in on the fines debt in that community and how that's gone? Yeah, well, look, I think um, it's not a quick fix for areas that have got really high need and, and large amounts of fines debt, but by having a focus and just working in an ongoing way with communities, I think that can be really helpful and it can get a bit of groundswell of, you know, sponsor action and community understanding about the Work and Development Order Program. A few years ago, um, when I first started working with the WDO team, um, I was really horrified um, to see the fines debt data for one um, regional area in our area, and that was Kempsey, because at that time there was about $5 million worth of fines debt owed by um, individuals living in that area. And it's not a huge area at all. It's a little, um, you know, regional town. Um, so I was really shocked by that. Mm -hmm. um, and so, um, you know, as I said before, the, the work that we did in that area was really collaborative with a lot of the local services because they know what's happening in those towns um, and they know how to get access to the community. So for the Kempsey area, we held a WDO sponsor forum there um, to get to know the, um, the WDO sponsors in the area and also create a bit of a sponsor network so that if one organisation couldn't assist a client, they could refer to another. So that was one way that we started to work in that area. Um, we also did some work with the um, Port Macquarie Legal Aid Office who look after the Kempsey area and um, they have an Aboriginal field officer, um, Russell Kavanagh, working there and so he was a huge resource um, for us to draw from his wonderful knowledge of the Aboriginal community in particular. That was really helpful for us. And we've had numerous outreach trips down to the Kempsey area. We have seen the fines debt drop in the Kempsey area over, over the years. We did go in and do some corrective services training with the with the jail that's in the Kempsey area as well. Um, and that was really great to be able to be encouraging the corrective services staff to be more aware of the WDO program and the corrective services um, guidelines to make sure that more people in custody are working off their fines debt. Because obviously when they're leaving custody and they still have that debt, then you know that's going to cause um, ongoing problems for those people getting back on their feet. That's a great story, thank you. So yeah, look, working with the communities, um, it's an ongoing process, as I said. We, we do keep revisiting Kempsey. Okay, so Jenny, what do you say to community workers who might be worried that signing up for the WDO service is just going to mean more work for them? Look, we do hear people say that. I mean, we, we are aware that, you know, not-for-profit organisations and health practitioners and government organisations are all very time poor. Um, I suppose what we really highlight about, um, you know, that is that Revenue New South Wales have set up a WDO self-service portal um, with that in mind. It's a really user-friendly portal for signing people up on WDOs. It's very straightforward and reporting on WDOs literally um, only takes two minutes each month to report on a WDO. So when a lot of people hear about that, they're often, you know, change their mind about how much of their time it's going to take up. 
I think also just the um, the way that um, the WDO program can be life-changing for people, literally. For a few minutes each month, the, the, the results for clients can be, you know, incredible. One of the wonderful things about the Work and Development Order Service is those restrictions that you were talking about at the beginning of our conversation, people get their licences back? Yeah, that's right. They can get their licence back pretty much straight away once they've been signed up on a WDO. And for people in regional areas, that's just, you know, a, a huge relief. Corinna Innestroza is the Western Sydney WDO lawyer. Corinna works out of several legal aid offices to be able to cover her region, Campbelltown, Liverpool and Fairfield. Corinna is going to tell us about her role and the work she does in Western Sydney. So welcome Corinna. Hi Kerry, thank you. Um, so Corinna, tell us about your role as a Work and Development Order lawyer. So I um, I provide advice to clients, also provide advice to organisations, I attend interagencies, I attend meetings, I do heaps of community legal education on fines, on work and development orders, and sometimes on other smaller topics such as traffic law or young people. Sounds like it keeps you busy. Very busy. My area, I'm so lucky because I have the top four highest debt postcodes in the state. So number one is Mount Druitt, number two is Liverpool, number three is Campbelltown, and number four is Blacktown. So that keeps me quite busy. So how do people get fines out here? Um, different ways, depending on which location. So usually out at the Mount Druitt uh, Blacktown area, it's a lot of um, um, not tapping on, tapping off. Um, so they have either the police officers or the transit officers at the, at the train stations. Um, also, you have um, bicycle fines. Um, and then you're just your main either speeding or parking infringements. Liverpool, for example, was more about parking infringements. Um, a lot of traffic fines as well as transit fines. Yes. Do you have a general idea of how much the fines debt is in this area? In Mount Druitt, I think we're sitting at the $23 million mark. Yes, I know you're a bit gobsmacked there. <laughs> Can you tell us a story about one of the Work and Development Order sponsor organisations that you work closely with? Um, yes, uh, they're part of a local health district in Western Sydney. They're called the Aboriginal Health Unit. Um, I work closely with one of the Aboriginal uh, community workers and we just always brainstorm ways that we can fit in medical or mental health treatment as part of a WDO with different activities that she plans, whether that be like a smoking um, program to quit smoking um, or that be a pap smear campaign or um, a prostate campaign, just different things we try to brainstorm to see how we can sort of fit it in to both to benefit the client both on a health perspective but also um, to reduce their fine debt. She's told me a couple of stories of how work and development orders have, have changed people's lives from early detection of cancer to people quitting smoking to um, early intervention in medical treatments. That's amazing. Yeah. And at the same time, they've reduced their fines debt. Yes, uh, some people um, totally clear it, um, other people are still working towards that. Karina invited me along to meet Ivanka. Ivanka works with a Work and Development Order sponsor organisation in Western Sydney, Grassidi's Community Cottage in Bidwell. 
Crusides Community Cottage has been a work and development order sponsor for five years and has helped their clients pay off over a million dollars worth of fines debt. First of all, congratulations Ivanka for, um, for that great achievement. Thank you. And welcome to our podcast. Thank you. So Ivanka, can you tell us about your role here and who you help? Okay, my role here is team leader um, of community development. Um, as you can see, we're in a neighbourhood. So we have um, 50 townhouses around us. So we live in the, we work out of the same buildings that they live in. So we work with the public that is um, right next door to us. They are our neighbour. So we've been here 38 years and we work with the community that are the most down and out. The ones that don't want to go to the big offices, as they call it, because um, they feel nobody's listening. And being a neighbour to them in this cottage, they feel they can come and talk to us about their issues and whatever help that they need in. And that's where I got onto the part. A lot of them had fights for the cottage. You know, we believe it doesn't matter who you are, we'll help you with whatever we can in the capacity that you want to be helped in. I look at it like this, um, if they're at home and they're stressing about whatever the situation, say they're fines and they're up to say $20,000 and they feel they're never going to pay that off, um, they come here, we give them, you know, we ask them first to have a cup of coffee, have a chat and that and we talk to them what they like to do or whatever they don't like to do. So I don't push people to do things that they don't want to do. We're not big brother, we're not here to give them a hard time. We're here to help them. And a lot of the times they befriend somebody here, so that's what's really good about it. Then they have um, somebody to talk to in the same situation as them and they, you know, come here, have a coffee and they do a bit of work for us. So they might vacuum, dusting, um, clean windows, um, they sort donations, we might cook meals, so we give meals out to the community, cook meals for the people that are here, um, we do gardening when it's not really hot or raining, so there's quite a range of things, they can go on computers, look for jobs, or we do resumes for them, teach them how to use the internet, so sort of like a one-stop shop here for them, you know, and they actually finish paying their fines off and they keep coming back takes a lot of courage for them to come here because they've told by somebody else like a gentleman was at um a bus stop and he was on the phone saying well I can't I couldn't get to my appointment I don't have a license they've taken my license I got fines the bloke was listening to it and he said here here's a card go to this lady she'll help you he came here um he goes I don't normally do this sort of stuff but he goes I was told that um you know you're really easy going you're not going to give me a hard time about this I said, it's not my job to give you a hard time came in we set up the fines and you know he was a bit nervous as soon as we set it up went in i showed him what i do on the portal showed that it's open um i said it's you know give it 24 to 48 hours your restriction will be lifted you know i asked him what he would like to do showed him different things what he could do here and he couldn't believe it he's like oh my god you made it so easy and you make me feel so comfortable and just to see the look on his face that i'm going to have my license in 24 hours Another key WDO partner is the Department of Communities and Justice. Alex and Sam work for Diversity Services in the department. 
They have been working closely with the multicultural and new arrival communities in New South Wales, telling them about the WDO program and how they can get help with their fines. So when um, the Work and Development Order Scheme moved over into diversity services, it really found its niche um, with our community liaison team in terms of expanding the service to uh, communities that have struggled to access justice services, generally speaking. Um, communities that where English is a second language, communities where they are newly arrived and they're dealing with um, the pressures and the barriers of adjusting to Australian life and then those pressures and barriers are further compounded if they've uh, migrated here as refugees and so they're dealing with with trauma, they're dealing with the, they're dealing with being survivors of war um, and their minds aren't turned to how governments can help them and how service providers can help them. Um, and so when we moved into the diversity services space, um, that was, I guess, the first priority in terms of expanding the scheme. Um, it was to get to people that really, they, this would be the last thing on their mind. Like we've been working very closely with legal aid uh, refugee services as well in helping few multicultural uh, agencies and community uh, groups to become one. Our last one probably was the Taliskiv Association in Fairfield. So the organisation in Fairfield supports newly arrived and um, refugee communities in Fairfield from the Assyrian community. And so um, they host language uh, language training, English language courses and English language training and they also are able to provide um, a space where people could come and do some voluntary work. Um, the, the problem with the organisation accessing WDO and becoming a sponsor is that when you would refer them to the WDO website which is easy to use for every you know most people um, language English is also already a barrier for that NGO so we went out there and Sam through his um, translation we were able to speak to them about the program about the scheme and what the scheme entails we were able to step step them through the WDO portal we were able to um, explain to them what their obligations were under the guidelines it was a much more hands-on approach and with sponsors that are that have the capacity our everyday our big NGOs like our Mission Australia like our Selvos who have capacity because language isn't a barrier the internet and online features work really well online portals and webcasts and and um you know, podcasts is, is absolutely perfect and they can access those things. But in the multicultural space, those things are really foreign. And um, yeah, we were able to bridge that that gap and we're able to talk them through. And it, it, it stopped becoming this daunting area for them. And they realized that, okay, I report once a month. They're a really successful sponsor in the sense that they're servicing their niche community. Um, they're, they're, they're able to support people that would not otherwise um, access any other service in the local because as Sam said they're familiar with that organization that organization understands their culture they un understands their their cultural needs understands their language so um, it's a safe space people accessing the scheme really do find it's a circuit breaker in their lives and you know we would like to see that um, translate into you know multicultural communities that particularly refugee communities that really need it I would encourage anyone listening, particularly if you're in that space, 
to either become a sponsor or to, to, to find out. To We've got translated materials. Um, Legal Aid have great postcards that are available in language. Mm-hmm. So there's definitely um, support out there. If you have a client with fines, don't let them ignore them. They'll only get bigger. Get in touch with your local WDO team at Legal Aid New South Wales. And you yourself can be a sponsor or an advocate or the person who helps clients deal with their fines. In the show notes for this episode, there's lots of links to different organisations we've mentioned in this episode. So have a look at those and get on board. Thanks so much for joining us today. If you enjoyed the episode and found it useful, please share it with your organisation, colleagues and communities. Please share and rate the episode. It really does help other people find the podcast. And if you're super keen, please fill in our survey below. So until next time, thanks so much from all of us here at the Community Legal Education Branch at Legal Aid New South Wales. Thank you.